my dad, John Grucky. He's been in the pool industry since 78. Been oh, wow. with Blake Sales since 86 or 87. Bob Blake had this revolutionary idea. Or could sell this product and a bunch of other products. We'll be a sales agency and we'll work for a variety of different manufacturers that don't have a sales agency and we'll be their advocates. My dad says, I know this guy. I need you to send him an email. And I'm like, I am not joining the pool industry. And he's like, okay, so before you take that tome with me, let's just remember that the pool industry is how you got through college. The pool industry is how I put food on the table and like have a little bit more respect, you know, like John Grucky's status. I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> Welcome to the Pool Chasers Podcast. My name is Greg Viafania, joined by my co-host, Justin, the bearded plumber, Bowie. <laughs> yes, sir. And today we have our good friend, AJ Grucky in the house. How you doing, brother? Doing wonderful. Thank you guys so much for having me. So before we get started, can you introduce yourself to the listeners and what you do in this industry exactly? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My name is AJ Grucky. I am the manufacturer's representative for Blake Sales Associates. We're a, a rep firm that basically represents a variety of different manufacturers, a, a large group of them, and we're their active sales force. Um, I'm born and raised. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Lived here all my life. Yeah. Native. Native. Not a lot of natives. Not a lot of natives. So this is the second time that I've actually met you, but yeah. you had such a different energy than any other, I guess, salesperson that I've ever come across. And I could see why there's that hype around you because Justin and Mike were talking all about you and we got to Long Beach and you were kind of giving us the tour of the different Love that uh, brands show. that you represent. Yeah, that's I could a great just show. tell that, you know, what was different is you, you seem very genuine and like almost interested in showing us you weren't like, if you're going to buy, you know, a pole or if you're going to buy an in-floor system, this is what you have to use. You were just like, so intrigued by the product and get to people. And I thought that was really cool. And I don't know, learning more about you. I wonder if that comes from having a, a life in the water that has made you so connected to that. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for the compliment. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's true. I genuinely care about all of the manufacturers that we represent. I want you to have the best experience understanding all of the different features and benefits and to give you the best overall service that I can provide, you know, from a, a product education standpoint, not only as you're just meeting the product, but as you're using it, if there's any problems, especially if there's any problems, I want to make sure that I'm involved there. And then, yeah, for years and years to come. Well, kudos to you. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode, a little bit different, but we are alcohol free. Yes. Yeah. Drinking, not drinking. So today I brought Yoohoo. Well, let, I don't know if anybody's not familiar love with you. Who. Let's first say this, this is an honor of AJ's sobriety. Sobriety. Yes. yes. I, I was going to, when I got to you, I was going to do that, but it, <laughs> I was going to, you know, have people uh, wonder why we weren't doing alcohol, but sure. Um, so I got you who, what do you got? So I'm rocking a local, a local place here called Lucy's marketplace. I'm rocking their Arnold Palmer. I drink about three of these a day. I was going to say, Mike, is this his first, uh, first one of the day or what? Oh, I'm sure it's not. Number three, buddy. You cannot come to J-Max without bringing some Lucy's. <clears throat> Lucy's is my jam. Like the rule. And what you got, AJ? Well, I I also have a uh, Arnold Palmer. 
Arizona. This is the uh, the uh, the Arizona iced tea brand, though. Is you that, know, and that's light. Did it's you... right. That's right. Not just sober, but health conscious. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Next time we see you, I have to bring you some Lucy's. Have you ever had one of these Lucy's? I have. They are delicious. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Tasty, tasty little treat. Yeah, so, I brought you guys uh, some of these as well too, though. Got a little four pack. Nice, nice. Thank so, you very much. Those in our collection. So this isn't a beer, but I'm going to rate it anyway. <clears throat> nine eight, nine eight, Mike. Wow, that's a solid score. I, I, I back that up. I'm going to give this uh, a seven point six. Is that okay, Mike? No, that yeah, that's great. Not round. <laughs> seven point zero. <laughs> he he uh, put me on blast last time. Made a little oh, I saw video clip of it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so those are rookie scores, man. Can't be no you know whole numbers. Got to be. Uh, there's got to be a point in there. So let's talk about sobriety. Sure. Why are we uh, alcohol-free yeah. on this episode? Ooh, yeah. So we're going to dive right into the heavy stuff first, right? Jump right <laughs> in. <laughs> I have been sober since December 19th, 2016. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. it's uh, It's been pretty awesome. When I was a heavy drinker back in the 2000s, you know, 2010s, things like that. I didn't think it was going to be something that was going to affect me in my you know, personal life as much as it did. And then slowly but surely, it just kind of started having a little bit. I, would, I, I guess the best way to say it is I was always living by the mantra of like a man of many hats, right? I can be this guy that's a, I work in the pool industry and I also dabble in water polo and I also do a lot of professional photography and I also like drinking. And like partying, but I also work really, really hard. And it was like this work hard, play hard mentality that was like how I was kind of raised, right? Like you're, you're always working hard and you're at the end of the day, you're rewarding that. And then slowly but surely, I started to realize that there was a lot more rewarding and a lot less like, and if I was going to do something hard, it was alcohol kind of started that when you was like, you know, maybe I'd start a a project on Saturday with a couple of beers and you know have it trail off and then you realize that boy every every day I'm I'm involving alcohol in some in some sort you know and it started to take a little bit more control did it ever become a health issue or was it just like sure a, just yeah yeah for sure definitely some like weird stuff was going on with my body and I was like I don't really know what this is about and you, this is one of those this is one of those glaring tests you go to the doctor right you fill out those little questionnaires and it's like, do you drink alcohol? Yes. How many drink al- alcoholic drinks do you have? And like, you look at the chart and it's like, over the course of a week, do you have one to three, three to five, five to seven, you know, or like seven to nine. And I'm like, seven to nine. Like, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't mean seven to nine. No. It, it, like, is like, there another column? Yeah, is there <laughs> like, is there another page? Like, where's the, it's like, yeah, it was way more than that. You know, like over the course of a week, it was definitely taking over a hold of that. And it was just. It was always involved in every aspect. When I was single, you know, I'd go on dates and I remember I had one date with a girl and it was like, how often do you drink alcohol? You know, and I was like, well, every day. And like, that was the one date. you know, that was it, you know, like, so okay, why, you, why well. you, got, you got beer, <laughs> you got drinks on you. Yeah. Right. I sometimes wonder if I drink too much, you know, if you do, maybe I don't think different. it affects like you always you know, wake up in the morning. I'm sure maybe it's not the healthiest, but yeah, there probably is that balance of being a functioning alcoholic and For then sure. taking it to where that's like all you want to do. And 
you're ruining relationships and shit. Yeah. I always try and like pump the brakes on it and I'll be, you know, it's always the joke is with me and Brosie. It's always like, all right, let's pump the brakes. Oh, well, we can't do it this weekend because this weekend is that party we got to go to. And then the next week it's like, oh, well, that's the Phoenix open. And then the next thing you know, you're just like, you can never. So, yeah, I, I follow day. I follow some people on IG that have done this sobriety thing and it's always intrigued me. Yeah. Like, do you think it's possible to... I don't know, have a healthy relationship with drinking alcohol. Absolutely. Is it just certain yeah. people, it's it's more difficult. A hundred percent. Look, alcoholism, in my opinion, is is a disease, right? It's a disease like anything else. It's that compulsion when you start to drink and start to consume and you can't stop, won't stop type mentality, you know? Mm. Where it takes you to a point where you're blacking out or it, it needs to be involved. That's a problematic response. And that's not a normal response. And a lot of times people don't view alcoholism as a disease, but I, I wholeheartedly believe that that's the case. Believe me, in the, in the years leading up to the decision to just go full sobriety mode, I tried doing the various things that people do, right? Well, I'm only going to drink on the weekends. Well, it's Thursday part of the weekend, kind of, right? <laughs> you know, and like, well, Monday is also like, I have to recover from the weekend, so maybe I'll just have a couple. You know, and so, or maybe I'd count drinks, right? I only get 20 drinks this week, you know, but then like it's Wednesday and it's a really hard week, right? And so you know, I ran out of my, you know, coupons. And so I, and people ask me all the time, like, oh, are you just sitting the next couple of plays out? You know, when are you going to go back to drinking? Like, you're not going to quit forever, right? And in the beginning stages of like my program, I was like, I don't know. I, I'm not putting a timeline on it. When I put a timeline on something like that, you think about the end date, right? So you focus on like one day at a time. Like today, I'm going to be sober, you know? And then it's been six years and change now, but I'm focused on today, you know? That is awesome. So what was that moment where you said, I have to cut this shit out? And how did yeah. you do it? Yeah. So the moment came, it was a Monday, but let's talk about the Sunday, right? So we were as a family, we were going to go to the Cardinal game. You know, we got like, got a, uh, tickets to all like kind of go as a, as a, as a crew. And my uh, mom especially was not, she, she knew that I was, you know, excessive, you know, when it comes to the drinking and like it, for years, it was like, you know, don't drink so much, please don't drink so much. You know, like we're going to try and like trying to manage as best as best as possible, which is like, you know, it's your mom. Right. So it's like, you try and do the best I can, but I realized like, well, I can't drink at the house because if I show up there, there's going to be eyes, right? So I woke up that morning and I, you know, I had a, a breakfast cocktail of, you know, three shots of tequila and a, you know, a beer on the way out the door, drove to my parents' house, you know, I walked in the door and I said, hey, to my mom, you know, you you always think that like you're, I always think that no one knows, right? Like no one knows I've had a few drinks, you know, it's, I'm, keeping this really under control and there was that moment where like she like she like didn't look around she like didn't turn around to say hi you know i could feel like the disappointment you know and i could feel like oh you know and just kind of like just it was it wasn't anger it wasn't like disappointed it was really just like sad yeah you know it was just like like already it's 8 eight thirty in the morning you know like Day 30 in the morning, we're all going to a place where there's going to be tailgating, there's going to be, you know, drinking involved. And like, you know, a lot of people who tell their story have a, a either a, a legal reason, a medical reason um, that they they uh, 
decided to call it quits. I just, so we, it was a normal Cardinals, Cardinals lost, big surprise back and then, you know, and then like we came home and um, I ended up spending the night at my parents' house and I woke up that next morning and this was in December, uh, you know, that was December 18th and I was working for Pool Corp at the time and when we, when you work for Pool Corp, you have days off scheduled, you know, like you have PTO mm-hmm. and so I was a big fan of like saving up PTO and taking like every Monday off in like the month of December to kind of give myself like four consistent long weeks and then a little bit more time on. Oh, so I had given myself the Monday off because, you know, you know, responsible alcoholic, right? Like I'm, I'm not going to show up to work super hungover. I'm just going to take the day off and like plan it so they can work and know. I remember waking up and thinking I got two choices today. I'm going to go to the bar right now, you know, or I'm going to go to a meeting. And uh, I went to the meeting at uh, Tempe, Tempe Bloopers, and I wept in the car at like 1130 in the morning. And I was just like, so sad. I was like, this is up. I'm, it's over. Like, it's over. Like, my life is over. That's the thought, right? Like, I'm cashing in all my chips in. Like, I'm walking into this meeting right now, and this is going to be it. And I walk in, and all these people, they're so happy. They're hugging. They're, they're chit-chatting. They're shooting the shit. They're this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, what are you guys all happy about? is awful you know (laughs) like i am at my bottom like i am and i didn't say anything i went to like 30 meetings in 30 days which is kind of like the the baby a lot of people like to say like 90 meetings in 90 days and then um after that i started to realize that maybe like aa wasn't for me i started thinking like going to meetings wasn't something that i uh wanted to do um left aa for a while I kind of tiptoed back and forth with AA for a little while, um, maintaining my sobriety, which uh, was one of those things that uh, is uncommon in the in the AA world. You know, a lot of people who go who leave a program will still go back out and and drink, you know, and then maybe come back into a meeting. But I, I remained sober throughout that entire time until COVID. And in during COVID, I found myself, you know battling with a lot of mental health issues that I'm sure everybody did because it was just a different time you know like it was crazy and one of the things that my wife said uh, was just kind of like you know like maybe I think you need a meeting you know and yeah sure enough you know now I'm back in a program working steps got a sponsor loving it I got my Thursday morning crew try to get to as many uh you know weekend meetings as well and doing it awesome do good for you yeah I mean there's a lot of people that you know, have a drinking problem and they think it's not a problem and they don't do anything about it because there's been a lot of situations. I've had family members where they're hurting so many people. They don't even like realize it probably because they're drunk most of the time. Sure. But you know, it affects, you know, a lot of people. And now I'm like, I'm thinking like, so now like, of course, like the feeling of my life is over when I'm about to join this program is now coming to this full coming full circle. And it's just like, my life is just beginning. Like, this is so great, you know, but man, oh man, all the relationships in the past that I didn't even realize I was like, kind of, oh, excuse me, what I was uh, destroying at that time. It's just, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Did you take time off of work when you were kind of going through that main, no, you know, part of life? No, no, I didn't. I just kind of kept, kept going. And a lot of people enter into a treatment program. I, f- I feel very lucky, very, very lucky that I didn't hit somebody with my car. You know, I didn't get pulled over. Um, 
I didn't, I wasn't forced into a position where I potentially would have lost my job. You know, that's usually a bottom that a lot of people find themselves in. And then it's kind of like, you know, your options are jail or program, you know, I wasn't that, I, I feel very lucky that I wasn't in that boat. Yeah. Well, let's jump into how you got <laughs> involved into swimming pools, which that's a big transition, but you've yeah. had a life, you know, of being around water and swimming. Life pools. surrounded by water. Yeah, for sure. So growing up, uh, I was a swimmer. I went to Brophy, which is a all boy high school here with, um, I grew up going to St. Francis uh, Elementary School, which is right next door. My mom's a teacher there, still is. She's actually, shout out Nancy Garecki. She's going to be retiring at the end of May here. So, um, nice. you know, she's going to, she's, 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 uh, she's done. It's a really exciting time for, for her and the whole family, you know, really, really good stuff there. So we're really excited to celebrate her. But yeah, St. Francis uh, swam over uh, the summers, you know, growing up as a kid. It's summertime, so go out and go join the swimming team, you know. And uh, my dad was a big swimmer in, in, uh, in high school as well. And so I went to Brophy and I swam and I was pretty good, you know. I swam uh, pretty fast. Brophy was a pretty good uh, swimming team, still is. We, got, we won state championships, you know, four years in a row. And uh, after that, I went to Arizona State. I was going to swim in college. I was like the plan. Um, got a couple of offers to go swim, one at Fordham University in New York and another one at uh, Santa Cruz as well as Santa Barbara. But junior year in, this, in the off season, I broke my arm and I had to swim with like a cast on, you know, for like several months because it just didn't ever end up healing right. And so my junior year, I was like super, super fast. And then in the training in the weight room, I, when I broke my arm, I was in the weight room, slipped on a plyometric box, Shit. you know, and backwards. And I broke a real tiny bone. It was bizarre. I broke a scaphoid. If you hold your hand out, there's a little triangle that gets created at this little base of your thumb called a scaphoid in there. And it's such a pain in the butt bone to break because it doesn't get very much blood flow. So I was in this cast forever because it just wouldn't heal right. And with swimming, it's like you can't like take time off. I'm like this, I'm this, I'm in my peak. So I made this choice to swim with the cast on instead of like take a month off and rest. And my times didn't get a, a, that much faster, you know? So when it came down to actually submitting, you know, I had all these like handwritten offers, like we're going to give you such and such for a scholarship. They were all pulled. They all, they said, you know, we're going to have to redshirt you for a year because we're concerned. Like your times were really fast and you're, you're, you got super fast between sophomore and junior year. You would expect that same type of time drop to increase, you know, or decrease from junior to senior year. And it didn't go down by very much. So I had to come clean and be like, yeah, I broke my arm. And they're like, okay, well, you're still injured. So we're going to redshirt you. And then all ASU comes along and they're like, hey, you have great grades. Like, here's a scholarship, you know, and you can go to the ASU Honors College. And I was like, okay, well, after a long thought, hard thought about it, maybe I'll just go. And ASU swimming team, they didn't. They didn't give me any time of day to try and swim for them. Um, what year? This was 2004. Oh. Yeah. Did, did Phelps go to ASU? No, Phelps, uh, I think he went to Michigan. Don't quote me on that. Now he's involved heavily because Bob Bowman is now the head coach um, at ASU Swimming. Um, That's right. Yeah, and that team just did phenomenal this year uh, at the Pac-12 championships, which was great. I got second and sent a lot of guys to the 
NCAA championships. They're doing some really special stuff at that at that uh, at that program right now. But back in the day, um, you know, I tried to walk on and swim there, and it wasn't weren't going to have it. So I actually walked to into the men's water polo, the women's water polo office, and I said, "Hey, like I I want to learn this sport. I want to learn how to play water polo." And the coach kind of looked at me and was like, "Okay, like." I've seen I've seen this type of athlete before. Like he wants to try and play water polo. There's no men's program here, but we could start a club team. Um, and he helped me out. His name is Todd Clapper. Him and I got together that one first year, and I I learned how to play the game of water polo. You know, we always kind of like mess around and practice, but not really with cages and the appropriate balls and things like that. And so we I just like spent a year in 2004 learning. I built a club team, made a whole bunch of flyers put them all around uh, ASU's campus. And that following year in the fall, we had our first men's water polo season, which we had women on our team because we didn't have enough, you know, to, to, to fill the squad. It was like a co-ed team for the first year. Can you explain the game of water polo? Sure. Yeah. For people that might not know, like this is, there's always like a lot sport. of buzz around Olympics and then it kind of quiets off after a while. And then you're like, this water polo game is so crazy. Yeah. It's not no like bitch ass Marco polo, it like water polo, water polo. Yeah, yeah. Water polo. So the best way I can explain it is take like, like rugby is a sports, like the, the, the uh, physicality of like a rugby with the, uh, setup style of play of like basketball and there's some soccer elements in there as well with like an an ice hockey with like uh just the way that you have some some calls damn kind of different yeah it's kind of a whole mix in there but it's uh seven on seven you know six field players on each side and a goalie and uh you get the ball in the back of the net and it's full court, right? Yeah, so full, yeah, full, full pool, yeah. And so people always ask me, like, oh, like, so you can, you know, you touch the walls, you can touch the bottom of the pool. It's like, no, you, it's you can't. That's insane. You can't touch the bottom. So it's a hundred percent. You're treading treading water. water the whole time. People are like, man, how you tread water for so long? I'm like, it like tread four or eight minute quarters. Eight minute quarters, yeah, eight minute quarters. Four of them. I think it's a three minute quarter break, two minute quarter break, five minutes for halftime. Hmm. Yeah. What's the goal look like? It's a cage that's uh looks like a hockey goal, yeah. like a short hockey that goal. That floats? Yeah, the cage floats. Well, yeah, cage the cages float or you use a flotation device to keep them suspended. Cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, cuz it never shifts. It's always Yeah, anti-wave, they make a lot of uh they make a And I had I've had to actually order some stuff too. This was like kind of getting off subject, but like in the pool corp world, I'd have to order stuff from like paragon commercial and like the the anti-wave version of that and they like sell lane lines and and water polo accessories you know and water polo stuff so i have to order in cages and things like that but they'll the the net itself is kind of a just like a rectangle and then on the base of it there'll be like a cavity that they you know have insulated foam mm. and that that suspends it and then they'll have two little uh eyelets that you'll string a specific lane line to and then that'll ink those anchor points to the sides of the wall crazy that makes sense yeah do you have any idea how many calories you might burn in (laughs) in like a match i will tell you this is kind of gross it when we were training over summer we'd have these like hell weeks right so we'd be like working out for three hours in the morning and then we'd have three hours at night and this was like the week before school started so everybody would and this is at, at arizona state so People would come back and they couldn't really get into their dorms yet. So everybody would come over to my house and 
we'd go to the to practice in the morning um we'd go to chipotle and in and out and i mean like not because some people wanted chipotle and some people wanted in and out it's because we got chipotle and in and out i came home with a burrito and double doubles and That's i'm just insane. and just like the whole, all the food was gone and we'd sit in these dark room because like our eyes were just cached just like oh my god the the chemistry of the water was just awful just awful and just all the chloramines all the crap just up in my eyes and just like can't even can't even like look at anything that's light we come back to my house shut all the blinds put on planet earth which like just came out remember like when planet earth like those like the nature documentaries came out and we just sit in silence and eat food and just be exhausted for hours and then all of a sudden like the alarm would go off again and be like you know (laughs) afternoon practice afternoon practice session an afternoon practice session was always a lot more fun that was like gameplay set up like balls you know balls in the water in the morning it was like swim it's crazy there there's a hell week like like one game alone is is not hell enough <laughs> well i mean you're this is it's a it was a fall sport for men so we had summers off and so we could never really because this is a men's club team now we like were division one athletes because we had the ability to join the women's division one program as practice squad athletes, which is kind of a cool little bylaw. So like I was on the women's division one water polo team as a practice squad athlete. And so we got to train all year, but over the summer, uh, everybody would just go home and I lived here, so I would still train, but we couldn't really like, you weren't getting that level of training, um, that you would, and you're not water polo is, is different than swimming. You know, like you, I have to be on the same page with my teammates. I have to know, you know, I got four or five different guys that I'm going to be responsible for passing the ball to. And I have to know like how they like the ball to be passed, where they like it in the different ways. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a team sport. And like, we needed to have like dedicated hours because it gets to be August. We're doing hell week. Our first tournament is in September. National championships is in November. You gotta be ready to go. I've never seen water polo in my life. I'm trying to my best to get my head around this. Really? I'm going to need to watch a video. Yeah. They it wear just the seems like a bunch of people like that the, are like headphone looking things on yeah, the side. Yeah, to, to protect the eardrum. Yeah, you wear the you wear a little the kind of like uh it's wrestling. like a cap like this and then you have Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. wrestling. Yeah. You have goggles on? No. No goggles? No goggles at so all. So speedo? Speedo. No shirt. Sure. No shirt. No shirt. Head. I have my speedo. I have my cap. That's and it. if I had super long hair, I have a swim cap underneath that, so I don't have get my. Can you go underwater to move the ball? No water. I can't take the ball underwater to advantage huh. the the ball. So if I have the ball in my hand and I I put it underwater and um to try to gain advantage, that's that's illegal. That's going to be an offensive. They call that a contra foul. That'll be the ball will be going the other way. I and it's it like full like court. Like I say that like in basketball. So mm-hmm. it's like if you were to say intercept the ball, you've got to go like. You have you go to the complete other side. So yeah, it's you're like swimming. Yeah, swimming like vicious swimming. So swimming, but keeping the ball out of the water. Twenty five meters. Yeah, you you. I take the ball. I place it in front of me, and then I swim with my head up, and the oh, ball is and, and and uh, pushing it. Yeah, head's pushing. You know, basically, I create a wake with my chest as I'm swimming up, and uh, that tumbles the ball forward. Crazy. And then I could you know, transition the ball into one hand, and I could swim with it. You know, with the ball in one hand and things like that. How long do you think you could tread water? So that's that's the number one question asked. The number one question asked. I could tread water for hours for sure. It's hours? not really it's not really the treading water 
that is the difficult part because you yeah. get this egg beater motion going and I use my hands to kind of help out and things like that. It's like I weigh I weigh 185 right now. I think in college I weighed like 170 and I'm playing against guys that are 200, well over 200 pounds. It's those guys hammering on top of me. That's what's hard. Yeah. You know, that's what's difficult. You know, it's uh, going up against. I was just curious because it's such a workout. You know, I always think about like people that get lost in the ocean. You hear that like they get found a couple of days later and I'm like, how did that dude tread water? Though? The only thing I know how to do is like go on my back. There you go. Just like float. But you can't do that in water polo. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can. You know, just you rely on your teammates to to do it for you. Especially if it's like a fast break, it's like, oh okay, they're gonna go score. Yeah, usually, yeah. That's crazy. I gotta watch it. It's it's fun. Do you have any uh, involvement anymore? Yeah, you know, this is a first year. I don't. It's kind of a sad day for sure. I know. So I that was 2005, right? So 2005, we were just a brand new club team. And we at this time we were a drinking team that also played water polo. Like that's what it was. Like we get there together and party, and then we go and and play some water polo on the weekends. We weren't that good. And then a couple of years after that, we got this coach. Um, so Todd Clapper was still was still helping, but he was never really our full on coach because he coached the women's Division One program. But he was really instrumental and helpful in getting the men's program started and would help us out with pool time and would pay for a lot of stuff that. We are still so that program's still so indebted to him because he probably paid for bills that we didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. But um, we got he, he had an assistant, Ryan Castle, who uh, was from South Africa and came in and he decided that or he was going to be the women's assistant, but then the head men's club team. And that's when things really started to take off. You know, we uh, were so close to California. California has water polo athletes all over the state. You know, it's a high school sport there. So people who are not talented enough or don't have the drive enough or whatever the case may be um, to, to play at the division one level, they can play collegiate club. You know, we'll take anybody. You just learned how to swim. And I was like very sympathetic to the, I swam in high school, but I want to learn how to play water polo. Cause that was me. You know, I swam, I was a heck of an athlete, but I just want to learn how to play this. Cause it's a heck of a lot more fun than watching a black line, you know, <laughs> up and down for hours a day. Like I get to actually put a ball in the back of the net. This is great. And so I, we played, by the time I was a senior, 2009, uh, we placed third at nationals. We won our division and we went to national championships and we got third place, beat Florida university. And, um, God, that was like, talk about like, there's points in your life that were like the best time of my life that that was 2008. Cause yeah, 2009, I was. Yeah, because I graduated December of 2008. So that fall, I went like a ninth semester. Um, yeah, I went a ninth. I went a ninth semester, which was like, you know, normally people would graduate in May. And then I just continued on and, and took, uh, what did I take? I took the history of serial killers. I took web design. I had an honors thesis I had to do. And one other class, you know, just to basically like play. And I got a chance to play another season of water polo. That's cool. And um, I didn't even know that was a class. Serial it was, killers. It was fantastic. It was a fantastic class. Yeah. Crazier too, because we were just talking about serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's crazy. I had no yeah. idea. So we will. Since you brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 timeline back to the history of of uh, us and pools and how that all thing happened. So, 2008 graduated. My coach, Ryan, at the time, very worldly, connections all over. Is like, what do you do when you graduate? I'm like, I don't know, I'll probably get a job. Life's over. This sucks. 
you know? <laughs> and uh, he's like, you want to go to New Zealand, you know, and, and play? And I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. He's like, no, for real. Like, I know a guy. If you can get there, I got you a job. And so we learned more about this. And so in New Zealand, I don't know if you knew this, and hopefully, and then my Kiwi friends are probably going like, oh my God. But uh, in New Zealand, it's like, it's like country law that if you're in like school, you have to learn how to swim. Like you're never further than 112 kilometers away from water in New Zealand. Like that's like, you're always around water. So they had a program that said, if you're enrolled in school, no matter where it is, one day out of the week, especially in like elementary school, we're going to the city pool and we're going to teach you how to swim. That was like, I was like, okay. And so my job was basically after test week, you, these kids, these busloads of kids get dropped off. Every day it's a different district, a different school or whatever. You go through swim test. If you pass, you're certified. Yes, you can swim. Now you get to choose, are you going to stay competitive swimming or are you going to learn how to do open water kayak? Or are you going to learn how to do underwater hockey? Or are you going to go learn how to play water polo with AJ? And so that you was me. you say underwater hockey? Yeah, that's another weird that's sport. That's a thing? Yeah, that's a weird sport too. Pretty cool. That's super crazy. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea how to play that thing. But I see them and they're just like, man, how do you hold your breath for that Dude, long? they hold their breath for a long time. Long time. deep waters. And those little, those little hockey snaps. I mean, yeah, it's like bopped with one of those things. I don't know. That's, a, that's crazy. crazy you say that about like New Zealand or Australia. We need to get like North America needs to get on their level in terms right? of like water safety. I mean, they are a hundred percent in water. I mean, even like water sports, like nobody here really knows that much about, I guess, competitive swimming and all this stuff. But you over there, like, man, it is all like they treat it like the how cool would Super it be Bowl. if you're a three year old, four year old, five year old, you went to preschool, you know, we take a day of finger painting. Instead, we go to the local city pool and we like teach them how to swim. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's just. I think an argument could be made that we're closer to water than everybody in New Zealand, no matter where we go here, because there's a pool in every yard. Oh, for sure. That's for true. sure. You know? Yeah. And the the holes, I mean, drowning right now, I mean, that's our industry's biggest problem, right? I mean, that's like, I remember, this is when I back with the Pool Corp days, reason why we had to shut the news off is because we would be standing at the counter and you have that one distributor warehouse or whatever where they just like, channel 12 is on or whatever news network and it'd be like april be like this time of year right it's starting to get hot you know and then everybody's laughing it's getting busy again we're, we're chucking we're you know whatever you know shooting the shit things like that and then all of a sudden like drowning drowning and just like the whole place just goes silent it's and like everybody's just like yeah terrible it's just so terrible yeah yeah super unfortunate so how did you get involved in the pool industry? Were you getting to that? Yeah. So um, left New Zealand. I was there for just a few months. Kind of a fun little hurrah. Came back. My dad was like, you have got to get a job. You know, he's like, I'm like, I'm not going to join the pool industry, dad. I'm like, sorry. You know, so a little background there. My dad, John Grucky, <laughs> he's been in the pool industry since 78. Been oh, wow. with Blake Sales since 86 or 87. Bob Blake had this revolutionary idea or could sell this product and a bunch of other products. We'll be a sales agency and we'll work for a variety of different manufacturers that don't have a sales agency and we'll be their advocates. My dad says, I know this guy. I need you to send him an email. And I'm like, I am not joining the pool industry. And he's like, okay, so before you take that tone with me, 
let's just remember that the pool industry is how you got through college. The pool industry is how I put food on the table and like have a little bit more respect, you know, like John Grucky status. I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> put some all right. It's like, all right. It's like, so I open up this email and I'm just starting to write like dave.cook at poolcorp.com. And I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. Right. But he was like the seat, well, one of the big wigs at, at Covington, you know, like a very like, uh, uh, well, a, a, a rep colleague from my dad's from back in the 80s but he had gone the distribution route and had made it up the ranks and was in the in the you know with manny perez de la mesa and uh all the the pool corp you know executives you know he's one of those guys i, I didn't know that at the time i didn't do any research but um i get a i get an email from this recruiter uh named amy coakley uh back in the day and she said like oh we'd love to interview you for this MIT program that we have, which you know, we were, were targeting. I was a supply chain management major. And uh, I, you know, my dad said, I don't, I'm not getting you a job, but I at least get you an interview. You know, they're looking for your major. You know, they actively look for people in supply chain and like logistics and things like that. So got this interview um, at the end is like, so how do you know Dave Cook? You know, and I'm like, like my dad knows him from like back in the day, you know, like just like the <laughs> connections run deep. And then I realized, oh shit, like he is like, and he never responded to the email, you know, but of course he like probably forwarded to somebody else and was like, go talk to this guy, see if, see if he's legit. And then I met Tom Burba, who was fantastic general manager for the mountain division. And I started as an MIT in 2010 at Pool Corp. And that was my first like getting in the throes. And I never remember, I remember waking up and getting to, the, getting to work at like eight. I was like, that was early. You know, and I was like, I gotta be at work at eight tomorrow. Like this is, you know, <laughs> I show up and it's like already like super busy and it was like orientation day. So like safety training, goggles, you know, this is a forklift, blah, blah, blah. Like this is a forklift. Don't touch it. You're not, you're not certified, you know? And, uh, the day ended and I'm like, okay, cool. See you at five 30 tomorrow. And I'm like, uh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Great. We'll see you then. And then that was it. You know, it's like, here we are. And so I was a manager in training for that year. I then became an operations manager at scp gilbert branch 81 um one of my uh colleagues who were like guy i worked hand in hand with anthony baruso he uh is now still the he's still he's a manager of scp gilbert today um friend of mine colleague he taught me everything i know from an operations brilliant brilliant guy when it comes to understanding like the way distribution works and warranty and operations and just everything like that super indebted to him for all that he's done for me but um, we ended up, him and I, I worked at SCP Gilbert. And this is when, before, you know, there was 2010, 11, and then 2012, we opened up uh, Superior South Gilbert, um, which is on the one off Jermaine and Lindsay out there, that Pool Corp location. We opened up that branch. There's like three of us, you know? Been there one time. Yeah. Yeah. So we opened up that best distribution spot out there i walk in there too and i still they're so annoyed at me probably because i'm like i opened this place (laughs) (laughs) like they air the ego on me to walk in here it's like you don't work here anymore it's like i know still like i put that up you know like forever like my old boom box from like grade school was still like in there and i'm like this is my boom box and i think finally they're just like throw that away broken piece of crap like you have him stop talking to throw this thing away you know (laughs) so did that Moved to uh, Superior Mesa. That's when things got real. 512A. 512A. That's when shit got real. That's when I met you. Yeah. 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 That's where I met you. 
for those of you guys that aren't local, 512A is the, that's the busiest one, right? Let's just yeah. say, yeah. I like to stay real narrow around what my world consists of, <laughs> and that's our like yeah. home branch. So that's, yeah. That's, for sure. That's the one. Yeah. So how did you guys meet? So he took over, you were what, like assistant manager? Assistant manager there. It was like <laughs> AJ was the go-to. So um, yeah, AJ, that was the first time I met AJ, and he was a rock star, man. He did you needed him to show up at 4 a.m. to like open the door so you could get equipment he'd do it wow you'd sure. ride your bike didn't you ride your bicycle to work oh yeah <laughs> yeah. Hell, yeah damn rode my bike to work yeah uh i lived in tempe it was a it was a 12 minute bike ride yeah aj and i once had a beer and um i have i have still have the picture he used to have a beard he used to have a great beard my beard was epic what really? the hell happened to your yeah. beard yeah, i know well Let's. Sh- I the beard. The beard that he's referring to is actually the yeard, because it was like I started from like you know some light and scruffy that I had now have now and like got like got down like it was very very long like he, nipple length. Oh, wow. He's it like, was great. I you know my beard is pretty much stunted here. I know. I'll send you a. I'll send you a good picture so you can like you know yeah. throw it up on the. Uh, it's some good stuff. I know two people who can grow a beard like nobody's business. AJ's one of them. And then Landon Mondragon is the other one. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Dude, that guy can grow a beard, too. And, like, he'll, like, cut it off, and, like, two weeks later, it's back. If I cut this off, I'll see you in three years, man. Like, it's... <laughs> That's yeah. it. It's toast. So. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I digress. Anyway, no, 512A. 512A, yeah. And I was there, uh, and that's when um, there were a lot of changes going on then. That's when, like, we, when we started the, the show talking about. That was starting to dip into, like, Dangerville, you know, where, like, yeah, I was riding my bike uh to work for sure but when i was on my way home there were some pit stops for sure <laughs> you know there were pit stops every day and uh yeah that was like oh i'll ride my bike and then when i won't get a dui you know <laughs> so i thought it was for health but uh <laughs> well it was in the morning it was you know dust it dust it off but yeah it was um a great time at pool court for sure but there was something inside of me that was starting to get a little cabin fever you know, like I can't stay in these walls anymore. Like I'm, I'm here all the time. You know, like my day starts at four thirty. You know, I was there super late at night sometimes. Sometimes I would leave and come back late at night uh, to type up all the deliveries for the next day. You know, we had different roles and responsibilities, and a couple of different managers, and we all had different roles of what we wanted to try and accomplish and just different ways to to handle that beast because that type of uh that type of an operation it's not one person for sure like i was the assistant manager i I handled like front of the house business and a lot of order entry um there was operations manager in the back who and like warehouse manager that handles the trucks i was never involved in the trucks he didn't want me near the trucks i I didn't wasn't a route scheduler wasn't a route manager i think i had to do it like one day it totally messed the whole route up and like just you know they're like you can't take the truck on the 202 and i'm like why not it's the fastest way to get there because you can't take hazardous materials and drive it over the lake aj and i'm like oh yeah i guess that makes sense he's like you ever notice that like no hazmat on the 202 sign i'm like i didn't know what that meant you know <laughs> it's like oh, wow. we can't drive the we can't drive the hazmat chemical over that we have to go a different route it's like let's park at the elementary yeah. school and offload all of the chlorine <laughs> like i'm assuming like a certain size vehicle like a pool service truck with chemicals can go across right sure but there's like weights yeah. there's, there's there's like once you get to a thousand pounds of, of hazardous chemicals and don't certainly do not quote anything that i have to say as actual please do your research AJ on said. how much you can <laughs> aj said that i'm good to go yeah but we'll go yeah. find that sign and take a picture of it. 
But my days at Pool Corp, they were awesome. They were awesome because I got a chance. Because my favorite part of my job was meeting guys like Justin, understanding what he did, understanding how I could help him be better, faster, more efficient. You know, he would spend the time of day, took the time out of his day to like be like, no, this is why I need it because X, Y, and Z. You know, like paying attention to what my customers job was and how they can be better made me better as someone who was their supplier and that was something that i'm like and i think i you know i, I those these those are like me why am i here today because we still have a fantastic relationship from you know our how we got close in 2015 through 2017 yeah pretty much so you know in the last episode we were you know pretty raw and talking about some communication issues with know justin and mike and some of these manufacturers yeah um how do you you know communicate with people you work with even back in the scp days even if it wasn't you know great news you know you got to deliver bad news like well you got to deliver the bad news right you can't you got to look i don't care who you are you're gonna mess up my manufacturer gonna mess up we're gonna i'm gonna drop the ball right it's not about the mistakes that you make it's about your response from it that defines you as a person, I think. Like if I just like drop the ball and just like don't call you back and don't let you know that we screwed up, you know, by like, you know, leave somebody hanging, just like, you know, ghost someone and just say like, oh man, I, you know, I don't have the balls to go tell him that we made a mistake. Well, dude, you guys understand that everybody's human and people make mistakes. Let's come up and find a resolution together. You know, and so I think how, how I communicate, I, I make sure I make it happen. You know, I try to follow up, follow back up with everyone and make sure I let everybody know, like, look, this is, this is good, bad, or indifferent what the news is. You know, being a, a rep for these brands now, is it, do you see it as your responsibility to kind of fight for companies like J-Max? Absolutely. Where it's like, dude we need this stuff. There's delays. We don't know what's going on. Absolutely. Do you take, you know, ownership, ownership. in that? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm the advocate. I, I, you know, when you look for you, you work for Blake sales. When a manufacturer hires a sales agency, like we're a member of that team. We're a member of that organization, you know? And so like, I want to deliver all of the messaging. And a lot of times uh, the messaging is great and it's new products and it's all sorts of information, but sometimes it's, we're delayed or something's not hasn't gone right or you call me because you're like hey where's this order like i placed this like three weeks ago i thought it was going to take two weeks i'm like i don't know let me check on it and they're like oh we forgot or oh we're backed up and i and i have to be like you know there's been a there's been a shortage there's been a delay there's been a something that's happened i'm going to try and see what i can do to get here get it here as fast as possible but is there anything else i can do to like help offset it you know or help try to become a that's where i gotta put on my solutions expert you know like gotta put on my my thinking cap here and figure out a way to get the job done and it sometimes has involved me calling your customer and say and getting you removed from it you know and saying hey look i I, you know i work for xyz company we failed to provide j max with the supplies that he needed for such and such job and i'm just calling you to say sorry you know that sometimes has happened. And that's something that, you know, I don't like doing, of course, but I certainly don't shy away from it. I don't shy away from that type of uh, communication when it has to be bad news. So 2015, moved into Mesa, 
512A, crushing it. Um, but it's kind of starting to feel edgy, kind of starting to feel like I needed something a little bit different. And it was like I wanted to try and change, like turn a new page. And my college water polo coach reached out every new position that he got. And he left ASU, worked in Colorado, worked in Michigan, um, worked in Hawaii. And every time he did that, he's like, hey, you ready to be my assistant? You ready to be my assistant? Ready to be my coach? You know? And I was like, no, no, I got a good job. So he's like, hey, I got the head coach job at Indiana. You want to you come? You know? And I was like, yeah, I do. Like, let's do this. And he's like, no shit? I'm like, yeah. Like, this is how it has to go. I was already sober. He was like, you got to clean it up. He's like, I'm already working on that. He's like, okay, cool. He's like, you also got to clean up the social media because you're dumpster fire on there. Like, let's go do that. So like one by one, I'm going through like my old Facebook albums. I'm just like, delete, 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 delete. You know, it was, was kind of like sad. I like saved a bunch of the photos. So if you like were to scroll through my photos on my phone, there's like a weird gap where like all of a sudden it just back in high school or back in college, you know, like all these wild photos from the day I saved it back from Facebook or whatever. But um, I was seriously going to leave Pool Corp, m- sell my house moved to Bloomington, Indiana. I went out there in February of 2017 to like visit in the coldest of the cold, you know, to like be like, can I do this? Like it is cold in Indiana. And what was told to me at that time by my, uh, my old coach was, if you get through the interview process and it's up to my decision, you land on my desk, you're gonna get the job. But I can't get you to that point until you clear it with like the athletics department, the education department, the university. Like they could take one look at you and be like, no, this guy's a, this guy's a hack. But once it gets to my desk, then yeah, absolutely. So um, a couple of other things needed to happen. They had to approve this bylaw that allowed uh, a second assistant position to be created. Like an NCAA like was, had to create a new law to allow an additional coaching staff because, you know, just like there's a certain amount of roster spots, there's the same amount of amount of coaches you can have, you know. So they that happened. They were approved that a water polo program and NCAA could have two assistants. And then I had the interview, and the interview went great. But the one thing that no one ever took into consideration was because I, I've done my interview. I'm like I'm I'm ready. Like well, as soon as I get this job, I'm gonna go give pool court my notice. You know, and I'm going to sell my house and I'm going to move to Indiana. I'm going to take the largest pay cut. I'm going to take like a 50% pay cut, you know, because I'm going to go be an assistant coach in the coldest city, you know, ever just because I'm like super passionate about water polo. And I, I, I want to do this change. Like I'm feeling like I need something different. And the one thing that we didn't anticipate happening happened, which was someone way more qualified than me applied for that position as well. And she got the job and it did land on his desk and he did have to make that decision. He's just like, I, you know, and she was, a, she's, she's a great person, you know? Um, and, and no, she's awesome. <laughs> she's, she's, she's awesome. But it was like, whoa. And like, I had just started and this was June of 2017. So I had been like sober for like six months and I just started dating this girl and I told her straight up, I was like, Hey, like, you know, I'm, probably gonna move you know like pretty soon here you know i might get this job and probably move for the next like academic calendar year and like in august but i mean like i'm here now and she's like i you know thanks for telling me you know i i'm not 
that's not like a breakupable, you know, like let's it'd be fun summer, you know? And then so I, so June comes around, I get the phone call. Um, that we had to go a different direction. And what's the one thing I don't tell you about like sobriety, you know, there's no manual, but like you're kind of emotionless throughout that entire time. Like when you remove the alcohol, you're not, I didn't cry. I didn't, I wasn't overly excited. I was just kind of like numb for a while, really tough to sleep and just kind of numb. That was like the first time I cried in like six months. I was like devastated. I was like so sad. I was like, this is awful. Like, I, I was like, I mean, I have to go back to work. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And a girl I was dating looked at me and was like, well, like she brought over like dinner and she's like, well, I'm actually kind of happy you didn't get it, you know? And like, that's my wife today, you that's know, awesome. which is awesome. Her name's Lauren. She's amazing. You know? And so like, I love telling that story because not three weeks later, someone, uh, Chris Marcano with uh, natural chemistry came in and was like, we're hiring a position. We need somebody to come on board to, to, to help on the natural chemistry side for a variety of different products. Like, are you interested? And um, I was like, heck yeah. I met with him. One interview was like amazing. I gave my notice, you know, I gave a month's notice at Pool Corp. I wanted to let them know that I was in pre pretty indebted, you know, to, to them for giving me that opportunity to, to work and be, you know, awesome in the pool industry with Pool Corp for so long, but I needed to, to, to try a new venture. And I went and I worked in natural chemistry. And I was there working as the education and training, working in the education and training department at the national level for Leslie's. So I would go into Leslie's stores and I would educate their staff as retail in general has a really high turnover rate. So like training is super difficult because like, you know, you get a guy come in for six months, you hire a bunch of seasonal help and then they quit or they get promoted or whatever and you have to retrain them. So I was kind of responsible for going around and training, training, training. COVID hits, right? No reps in store. Leslie's didn't want any reps in store for the liability and just from the, you know, COVID was a weird time. Everybody, you know, changed the policies and made up policies on the fly. Like, this is what you have to do, you know? And like, I would go in to get my own water tested with a mask on, being no work clothing on. And they'd recognize me like, hey, are you, you're, you're the rep, right? For this product? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I, I just need to get my water tested. You know, if that's okay. Like, I'm not really supposed to be here for, for that. He's like, could you just help us out for a little bit? So, of course, like, I, I help him out. And then, like, the memo comes across, please don't go in the store. And I'm like, I'm a customer. <laughs> Something like that. It was just like, oh, my God, that's so funny. But um, during that process, uh, another, we, we lost a legend in the industry. My, uh, my dad's business partner at the time, Mike Ramey, he had cancer. But it was one of those cancers that like people thought that he'd die with and not from, you know, but like came roaring back. Hmm. You know, he had like 52 chemo treatments and like he was doing great. And then like the December of 2020, it like came back and then boom, January 2021, like he died. And it was like there was always this thought that I was going to join the, the ranks of Blake Sales, but always in a position that was going to be relieving my dad, you know, like work with him side by side for a couple of years and then he would retire. Now there's like a need because now my dad's the owner of Blake Sales outright. And now there's, you know, as he always says, like Arizona is always a little thin anyways. Like he was covering Arizona plus Utah plus New Mexico plus Colorado. You know, it's kind of like that's a lot. That's a lot of territory. But he didn't do any of the ownership side. So now he's the owner and has all this territory. So we still rep natural chemistry. It was a pretty easy. They were like, you're not really doing anything anyways. You can't really go into the store. Um, so we'll just make it a kind of a 
really clean, easy break where I left natural chemistry and then joined Blake Sales, but I'm still a sales agent for natural chemistry. That makes sense. But I'm no longer on the Leslie side. I'm now focused on trade, you know, and I was, I was, I was back, you know, I was back in the, uh, working with guys like Justin again, working with guys like Mike again, you know, like, okay. And before I was now hundred percent retail, excellent experience, learned a ton of like what their problems are completely different set of problems that, um, the average tradesperson is, is seeing on a regular basis. And now I'm in the fold with Blake sales where I rep all the things, natural chemistry plus 24 other manufacturers. Hmm. What are the products you guys rep? Oh man, we, we have, we work, I think, I think the total up around, I was 25 or 26 different manufacturers we, we have, and not to go through the list, but like, I love to, the way I call on customers and the way I like organize my day is kind of like looking at, you know, the service industry, the retail, the new pool construction, remodel, and the various products and services that like those, you know, those industries would be like focused on. So for service, for example, you know, natural chemistry is huge, right? Phosphate removers, enzymes, specialty products, specialty chemicals, different specialty solutions that, um, they use on a regular basis, not only on making sure that they understand the products that we rep, how they work, um, when they won't work, you know, you know, limitations and things like that. Um, but then also, you know, we just picked up Skimlight, uh, legendary maintenance line. And this is the, that was the first maintenance line that Blake sales has repped since the days of rainbow. Wow. Back in the day, which when rainbow was not a, a subsidiary of Pentair, um, so we're, we're repping Skimlight now. Um, and then Taylor Technologies, obviously the industry, the blue box, right? Everybody knows the blue box. Got quite a few of those at home. Yeah. Yeah. So we're repping Taylor. Um, and then on the service side too, Blue Square, you know, we have a phenomenal uh, repair division inside of the Blue Square network. So like a retro, like a retrofit lights where you don't have to worry about, you know, like I, we, we think about what's a pain point for your, for my customers, right? Like what's, what's, what's a, what's a, problem that they have and i don't know a single person that loves pulling a new light who loves pulling a light nobody right hate it mike loves pulling light <laughs> <laughs> besides mike nobody yeah right so we have this uh we have this technology that you you basically use the existing cord that's in the wall convert the light to low voltage use our plug kit um which is a a, a plug kit that basically you you it's got compression fittings and, a, and two O-rings that keep it watertight. And then you plug in the light. So now, not only did I not have to pull the cord, but it's safer application because it's 12 volt. And then I plug it in. And forever, if I, that light goes out, it's an easy replacement. Just unplug it and plug it back in. Yeah. That seems crazy. Yeah, it is. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. So you time. pull the light out, you cut the cord. Cut, cut the cord. You don't have to drain the pool because light comes out. You're talking about a niche style light. I'm talking about a niche style light. Yeah. And we have, we have pool, we have spa, and we have nicheless options. So you cut the cord mm -hmm. and then you put your fitting on it mm -hmm. and then that plugs in. It's like a watertight connection. And Correct. Nobody dies. Correct. <clears throat> because at the, at the main power, you transform it to 12. Transform it to 12. Interesting. And the, my biggest hurdle there is what I've found is that the average pool guy doesn't know how to use a step-down transformer to get it from 120 to 12. Which, you know, if you asked me to go out there and do that, I don't think I would be able to figure that out. Like, on the whim, I'd, 
have to learn. But it is one of those things that, you know, I feel like the way the industry is going to go is that eventually there's going to be a situation. And this is so terrible to say, but we, we can, if we're, we're taking notes about what happened with the Virginia Graham Baker uh, law with the drains, you know, it's going to take, if something happens where someone gets electrocuted, the wrong person gets electrocuted rather there's not going to be another 120 volt application out there. You know, I hear there's certain municipalities that are like looking for it, especially in commercial markets and things like that. You know, you can't put 120 in a commercial body of water. So it has to be 12 volt and that might be something that trickles down. So eventually everyone's going to have to learn how to use a step down transformer. Right. So I would have never guessed that that's an issue. That's like such an easy thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's what you like what you said. Exactly. And I, I didn't know that was a, a bigger, a big, the biggest hurdle because you talk about how easy this plug kit is. You know, you, you haven't done one. No. You haven't put one of those together. Oh. No. But the hardest part about a transformer is just picking the right wattage and knowing how many watts your lights are and how many to put on a transformer. I feel like that's pretty straightforward, but that's good to know. Yeah. So watch out for a, a video coming out soon from there. Nice. And then, yeah, so then from a, a new pool construction side, you know, we work with uh, the Outdoor Plus, which is fire features, water features, We've all done. made out of metal. We've done some of those, yeah. the auto igniters. Yep. yep. You liking them? Yeah, so far so good. Heck yeah. What I really like about it is the LED. Okay, yeah. Because the other brand we used, they don't have any sort of way to troubleshoot them. You're talking about on the actual ignition system, it has the yeah. LED indicator of if there's right. a problem that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I called you on that one, and it was that's pretty sweet. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. Because the other one, you're just, you can't open it. It's a sealed box. can't do anything. So right. You're and you see that? He called me. There was a problem. We solved it. Here we go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how does this down. relationship work? Because, you know, I've heard of, you know, sales reps in other industries, but sure. Like, who is your ideal client? Anybody and everybody. Yeah. Like, I mean, I go after, I go, I go talking to the guys at distribution. I go talk to every pool company that's out there. I go into, you know, from a, a builder, from service company to remodel, mom and pops to, huge accounts, try to get um, the doors to open, you know, that way. So I don't have like a specific subsidiary of like a group of customers I go after. I'm bounded by territory, right? But does it cost a customer any money? For me to go talk to him? Like uh, you were at the trade show in Long Beach. Yeah. And say a pool service company or a pool builder or whoever it is, is like, yeah, like I want to communicate with you. I don't want to communicate with say the manufacturer anymore like is it costing a company money to have to kind of have you as the middleman no 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 not at all we have a negotiation with the manufacturers that we represent that's like we get uh we're we're paid we're paid on the the sale of of products into my territory so is there a difference between like a manufacturer sales rep and you um not really i guess when so i still have managers like for example like with uh blue square like derek alves you know derek right i don't know if i know derek well either way um derek and i uh he's like my manager so he's a he's a he's a man he works for blue square but he is like i guess one of my bosses and so we work together on that but he covers he's like a regional territory manager he covers like the 11 western states you know there's seven guys in Blake sales. I just cover Arizona, you know? So you more just like work together. Yeah. We, it's we, like you're we all work representing together. the same. We all represent the same company. Right. Yeah. And, and so some of the manufacturers that I represent, they're smaller 
um, you know, uh, like for example, for example, like this week, Clear Comfort, the uh, advanced oxidation process, Clear Comfort came out to town, and we had phenomenal week with uh, service companies, uh, builder, uh, a local uh, major spa dealer, just kind of like all varieties. It saw some distribution uh, outlets, you know, because that product bleeds into several different channels you know service can can go with it but my manufacturer my boss uh bosses jessica and aaron they came out with our leading technical support specialist louie and we just went around and they kind of like saw what i do in a day just kind of making sure that i'm representing the brand but also they help me and we make a sales presentation and good reason to call on customers you know it's like i got someone in town i, I hate i hate cold calling people with or or dropping in on people i love cold calling let me take that back one that one back love cold calling on people for sure i hate walking in to do like a milk run like yeah. walking and be like hey how you doing following up everything good See get you out later. yeah brought some toast <laughs> it's like yeah and it's like hey thanks so much for your order here's you know lunch or whatever i like doing that but no that's i like I coming think, in and being excited yeah, I like the excitement part, but I like when people know the new products that they're pitching. Yeah. It sucks when it just come in and be like, hey, we got this new product and here's, uh, you know, all the marketing materials. And it's like, well, how do you, do you know how to sell this? How yeah. can I put this in an email? Like, what are the ideal customers that would buy this? Can you do a tutorial on it? It's like, you know, it's, it's all right here in this little brochure. Oh yeah. No, like that's not going to do it. That's not going to do it. And that's not going to do it at all. That's why, they, that's why manufacturers hire guys like me, companies like me, I should say, because we're go in and not only am I going to show you this awesome product, but I'm going to show you everything about it. That's really, really cool. And you need help selling it. Let's do sales training right now. Cause that's the big thing, right? Yeah. I want to know how to sell this fucking thing. Exactly. I can, you, if you can't be successful selling it, how are you going to be, how am I going to be successful? So I need to help, help you sell it to the next person. And then when you run it, when, when you fail, which I hope you fail because failure is part of the process, call me back. Let's go through it. Let's, let's, let's pit, sell me this pen, you know, <laughs> one of those yeah, types yeah, of yeah. things, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll come back. And when there is an objection that you can't overcome, great, let's cultivate it. Let's, we're now, now, now we have an opportunity. Like you're actually fielding objections. You're not just hearing no, you know, especially now with uh, all this software that's letting you create customer profiles without within a CRM and you can actually tag all the products within a pool like that, that is why you do it. And you probably don't do it within your CRM because you don't know how to use it properly. Mm -hmm. But if you know that, you know, I need to catalog every single pool that has, you know, uh, more than one skimmer or has this type of pump or uh, has this kind of automation you can actually go through all of your accounts or past accounts and know that you can sell this new item that AJ is talking to you about. Absolutely. And it's like, how do I craft the perfect email? Maybe it's not an email. Maybe it's a video that I can create in talking about the features and benefits. I'm going to do it. AJ is going to come do it with me. Like, this is my dude. Totally. He knows all about it. So yeah. it's like, I might not need to be the you know complete mastermind of it, but it's like, yeah, dude, I fucking love that because I didn't, have that and i think that if you don't have you know somebody like you to like help perfect those little things like it, it makes it really difficult because you're leaving a lot of money on the table somebody else is going to come behind and and do that right for sure for sure yeah and and you hit it exactly on the head there it's just you you have me as a resource yeah right and so i am a sales representative by 
title, right? I'm a manufacturer sales representative, but I don't want you to feel like when I walk in the door, you're going to get sold something like, oh, I'm this sales guy is just going to try and get me to buy stuff and see you later. Like I don't make any money by selling something like one time, right? We're going to build a relationship together and I'm going to work with you a variety of different products over the course of the next couple of years. And your success is going to mean that I'm successful, right? I'm only successful when you're successful and it's continuous. So we're just going to, it's a relationship building, you know, and we work together on finding solutions to problems that are out there. And I have a family of manufacturers and across a variety of different channels that will be able to, you know, reinvent the pool industry one day at a time. <laughs> so do you get people that come to you and say, I have this problem during the summer. Like it just keeps on happening. Do you have a product that is a solution for this problem? Like you were just talking about the Yeah, light. so like pulling a cord, right? Or if it's a specialty chemical, like I got this weird stain, this weird stain that just won't go away. You know, we'll talk about the 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 process of of staining, but then also we'll we'll, we'll run it back as a couple of different things too. It's like, okay, so you have a weird stain. You have a weird problem going on with your pool. Let's go ahead and fix the stain, but let's also talk about like the way, the system itself. You know, how are we getting, how, what is causing this, right? It's only a spoke. The chemical aspect of the pool is only one spoke, right? We have to talk about proper filtration. We have to talk about circulation. We have to talk about run times and all of those different types of variables. Um, and there's products out there that will help you have a better overall swimming experience. And you, when you can create that swimming experience that customers are gonna love, then we repeat that process over and over again, you're gonna be very, very successful. So let me ask you, what is like ideal communication look like? This is blowing up all the time, I you know? That. And it's great, you know, there's, there's people sending me photos, texting, um, sending me, you know, what types of problems that they're having. And then I just try to, if I can't answer it, which, you know, that happens all the time too. It's like, oh man, it's a weird one. Let me call my team, you know, and get them on the, on the, on the phone, you know, I call those guys that uh, have, that work directly with the manufacturer that are maybe more solutions experience, you know, like that, like just, just in town right now, like with clear comfort, you know, you get a weird situation with uh, uh, the way the advanced oxidation process is, is behaving. You know, it's got a little bit too many bubbles coming out of the return. You know, that, that is a byproduct of advanced oxidation, but you have, you know, uh, it's a bit bubbly, you know, a little too many bubbles. Well, that's going to be a, a system issue. That's going to be an installation issue. Let's get Louie on the phone. Okay, cool. We'll FaceTime him in. Okay, cool. He'll come out. And we just, we, we come up with a, a, a solution that's best fit and try to incorporate making it easy and painless and not just like, see you later. I don't know, you know. What products are you most excited about right now? Oh, there's a lot of new stuff out there. So I don't know a whole lot about the science behind it yet, but we just picked up a couple of key accounts. One of them, Green Story Global. They manufacture a cyanuric acid remover. Oh. Right. And I've been down the cyanuric acid remover route before with natural chemistry. We had a, a technology that was very similar to uh, the bioactive stuff. Have you seen that one? It's like a powder and you mix... So the old one, you had to take this product and you had to mix it in a, uh, a bucket for like four hours. And you're basically growing a bacteria that was going to eat the cyanuric acid. Okay. And I know, right? I didn't really understand it. Is that the Leslie's? Does Leslie's have one? Leslie's has that. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's at pool, pool stores as well. It, yeah. And I've, I've sampled it. And it works if you 
in a vacuum it works but there's other variables because if your sanitizer levels are too high that kills the bacteria that you've grown to eat the, the cya right if it's too cold it doesn't work either so you're meaning you're telling me it's got to be warm water and no chlorine and you got to let it run for like a few weeks so i'm just thinking like isn't that potentially causing a lot of algae too like i don't know you know like it, it worked for me occasionally but the results were never something that like you know and then natural chemistry i think ended up discontinuing the product and i still see bioactive out there and, and i'm I, i'm not trying to shit talk on anybody or I, I just don't know much about the back end of it but that's to me the premise of how i thought it worked green story global is completely different we have a bit of a it's like a bag that you put into the skimmer i was gonna say is it a sock yeah it's a sock that you put into the skimmer and water water goes over it and we've had some pretty major players in the in the valley here sample it and test it out and they're like oh yeah like it works like how long does it take uh you well depends on runtime the most successful is the longer the runtime you can go so they were saying over the course of a month you could remove like 48 to 52 part per million cya over the course of like three to four weeks with one sock or do you have to with one sock okay and the sock's like 40 bucks. And so if I'm sitting at 150 and it takes me two socks to get it removed, but I don't have to worry about like the temperature of the water or the sanitizer level. I just got to worry about flow. Sock and forget it. Sock and forget it. Right? I like that. That's like, the, that's like the focus there. So that's new. That's exciting. And I, I'm uh, looking for testimonials. The Green Story Global, the uh, cyanuric acid remover with the sock. That is, uh, I think that's going to be a player. I think that's going to be a game changer. And so I just, I've got already really great field data. They got a ton of data. It's just about, you know, soaking some socks and seeing what the return of, or, or the, the reduction is, you know, on a consistent basis. So cool. if you've got any pools that are loaded up with cyanuric acid that can have measurable data, and this is where me rep and Taylor Technologies comes in, like make sure I you know, not only do you get a chance to demo a cyanuric acid remover pouch, but hit me up as well. I'll try and do everything I can to to point you in the right direction to accurately measure. So you can get a cyanuric acid. That test is is tough because like humidity test. Uh, yeah, it's like really you know you, you want to make sure that you if you know how to run a dilution, you do it. But you know you you're looking for that black dot at the bottom of that line though, and after a while, like I see black dots everywhere. <laughs> I've done that test. So that that's something really, really cool. Um, new new manufacturers for us, Green Story Global, Solar Breeze. That's a new uh, product that we're really excited about, especially with the amount of wind. My dad said something, because when it was like a solar skimmer, like, oh, I don't know how many people are going to need a solar skimmer. Right? You're thinking like, you know, it's maybe it's a player, maybe it's not. And he's like, you know, they said that about pool cleaners. You know, they said that about pool cleaners back in the That's 80s. Awesome. Like when, you know, when I was a pool cleaner salesman, when my dad repped Barracuda and Creepy, you know, before Pentair came all, came along and brought those, or Zodiac with Barracuda and uh, Pentair with Creepy. But my dad, Blake Sales repped them both, you know, and he's like, they said pool cleaners aren't going to sell, right? Because you have a pool guy, you hire a pool guy, you know, so why do I need a pool cleaner? Because I, I hired my pool guy. Name me one pool guy that takes on a pool that doesn't have a suction side pool cleaner. You know, that's like part of like a prerequisite. So thinking about the solar skimmer, it's like, yeah, for those pools that if I'm walking into the backyard and I see a ton of vegetation, a pool guy might say, you know, you're, 
I'm not going to take this pool on or, you know, I'm going to take this on, but because of your trees, you're going to be charged an extra, you know, surcharge or buy one of these solar breezes from me, you know? Interesting. And, so. and, and you provide it for them and they're, they're local, which I love. You know, the guys are out in Tempe, phenomenal little gizmo. And I was, I was skeptical. I put it on my pool. Then we had this crazy windstorm and that thing gobbled up like Pac-Man 15 minutes. My pool was like there. I'm super yeah. skeptical, but I just got mine, so yeah. I'll uh, give you guys some honest review on Heck that. Heck yeah. We're going to turn Justin into a, a believer. Heck yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then Skimlight. Skimlight is uh, the first maintenance product that Blake Sales has had since Rainbow, and they got you know the industry leader in polls since the 50s. And I've known Barrett, Conrad, with uh, and the Conrad family since uh, the days of distribution. And so recently we'd been chatting, and they needed some representation, and we worked out a deal, and they... Uh, came out with a carbon fiber line that's just like they they take design the design of the pole very very seriously they've come up with some features and benefits that take carbon fiber to the next level you know so the internal tubing takes is like a decagon shape the 10-sided shape on the inside of the circular tube oh. and why that's important is because imagine i'm i'm setting a head like an in-floor head and my internal tube is rotates and it slips and now i'm using you know one of those e-pool supplied tools at the end and if that that tool that those guys make out there as awesome as it is it's kind of reliant on the pole working really really well as well you know and so if my pole is just slipping on the inside so anyways as i digress this internal tube that they've they've created means the pole doesn't rotate in your hands um, that's cool pretty cool yeah and then um, they're coming up with a full maintenance line. They got a they got a algae brush that's made with silicon carbide. Um, did I say that right? Silicon carbide, yeah. That's uh like the material, the same material that local municipalities use for street sweepers. No one would have known what you said wrong or not, anyway. But <laughs> sounds good. Sounds right. Yeah, silica carbide carbonate. Yeah, yep, carbonate carb. carb. <laughs> yeah. So they got uh, they got that. And when he, and he told me that it's like, yeah, this is what street sweepers use. I'm like. Heck yeah, that's what they use. Like those are those machines are awesome. Everybody, I don't know a single person that doesn't stop what they're doing and watch that thing go by. You know, I always just watch it do nothing. It yeah. just like just brushes everything around. Brushes and, everything around. You know, and it like, leaves the four little water lines. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop and watch a street sweeper for sure. Yeah, I just look at it in disgust. Yeah. <laughs> just don't throw anything at my vehicle. It'll be good. But actually, funny. Uh, the pool I was out this morning, that awesome one, C and E that we plumbed, uh, there was uh, one of those poles over there, one of the uh, skim light poles Yeah, that was over there on the side of the yard. Really? Yeah. I actually kind of used it. Well, I was about to use it to hold Chris underwater. Oh. There you uh, go. But Drown him. Yeah. That was the first time I I picked one up. It was nice. Yeah, very good. So what about, you got any brands that you don't represent that you guys want to? Do you actively search out brands or do they search you or how does that work? So... For a two-part question, answer part one first. Is there any active brands that were, you know, that were not repping that we'd love to? Always, absolutely. We're open for business for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, we are are definitely someone that um, entertains and likes to likes to talk. You know, like you need representation. I'll. I'll I was going to ask you guys have a plumber yet or yeah. what, man? <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll talk after the podcast. Get some get some going here. Boy, <laughs> boy, that'd be a cool one. Yeah. I like so boy. so um. You know, what we don't do, I'll tell you this, we don't go openly solicit. That's kind of like a, that's kind of like a uh, 
gentleman's agreement, right? Like if I know a, a manufacturer has representation, I'm not going to go over them at the trade show and be like, hey, like you <laughs> should come. We should be your, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play that game. So we don't, I, that's that to me, that's really disrespectful. That's really kind of like a low ball thing to do. And so Blake sales, the first question we ask is, are you currently, do you currently have representation? Right. You know, and if the, you do, it's like, please come back and talk to us when that conversation is over. You know, even if they're like, yeah, but we're probably going to fire them. You know, it's like, okay, well, and until that happens, we're, you know, we're, we're not going to continue this conversation. We'll be over here. We'll be over here. But, um, if that's, if there is an opportunity and they, and they approach us, um, you know, if, if, but yeah, if we approach, we always ask, you know, are you, and if they approach us, we ask them and then we, we have a conversation, you know, we figure out if that's going to be something that, uh, is going to work for us. We talk about territory. We talk about, uh, house accounts. That's kind of like a, nobody's favorite word. You know, it's kind of like a, an account that would buy from the manufacturer that we wouldn't get commission on because they're legacy or, or whatever and things like that, which, you know, it's not a good, bad, or indifferent. It's just setting the necessary expectations, you know, right, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, but yeah, we, and, and the manufacturers that we work with, you know, it's, it's been great. I mean, Blake Sales has been around since the 80s and it's, it's been really successful and we, we all wake up hungry. We create our own schedule, you know, we wake up and like, I go look for work and I keep myself busy and it's like making myself like go hunt out some leads and, and call, talk to customers. I do not like being, you know, at home, you know, just calling people. I like being out in the field. I like going and running into people. I see a pool guy in a parking lot or filling up gas. I give him a business card, bottle of clarifier, you know, say, hey, I'm AJ, this is the, these are the lines that I rep. You know, here's a sample. I did it the other day with a company I'd never heard of called, uh, gosh, his name was Monty, Good Neighbor Pool Service. And I was just like dropping off the clear comfort gals uh, at their Airbnb right off of like, you know, 68th Street in, in McDowell. And I just saw his car or his, his truck with a badass, you know, like logo, like good neighbor pool care. And uh, he came out. I was like, oh, you know, give him the old spiel. Here's my thing. He shot me a text already saying, oh, thanks, thanks, thanks so much. That's cool. Oh, we kind of kind of just out there hunting, things like that. It's interesting to see what's happening these days with with manufacturers, though, when it comes to the acquisitions, you know. It's a lot of them. Hasa just scooped up. Yeah, Arenda. Hasa scooped up Arenda. You got you got just a lot of different little moving pieces and moving and and like people moving around. Some people at, that were formerly at Pool Corp are now working over at Heritage. And you got uh, Heritage that was you know buying up all these different other distributors, and they're coming coming a huge player. And those kind of acquisitions that are super crazy. It's 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 wild. You know what's up with it? What do you think? It's timing or what? I think people who are realizing, you know what, things are really at, at their peak, right? We're like at the, and people who are probably thinking like, this is, if I'm going to get out, probably better get out now. You know, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's, Especially I, I, as I'm in this for the long about, haul, you know. I was hoping you wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, I, I feel well like, we're about to just squash out. So uh, get it while the getting's good. Like the water crisis too. I feel like yeah, keeps on like coming up. And if you're thinking yeah. about selling your company. And somebody's willing to buy it, and you're paying Might attention well. to that. I could see why. I'm glad you brought up the water crisis. That's been coming up a lot lately because of that recent uh, news article that came out where they published the rates that what the city of uh, city of Phoenix were you t- telling me like you I don't know somebody Mike might have 
I don't know who it was, but somebody was like, hey, did you see this article where it was, they're going to basically like double the cost of water in quarterly, like March, October, and then like next March, it's supposed to like be double by then. You heard anything about that? Is this to offset that billions of dollars of wastewater recycling plant that they're building? Maybe. It could, it, it could be. Yeah. But I'm just thinking like if the so I'm, what I, why this comes up is because people were calling me about my liquid solar cover. They're like, hey, we need to start implementing this because like now water is not now, take water conservation. Water conservation is important. Right. But in order for it to sink in, you have to start hitting people in their wallet. So when you start charging them double for water the way that they normally would be paying, they're like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, now I actually have to like take some actionable change here. Right. What can we do? No one wants to buy one of those blue solar covers because they're kind of ugly. And when they're not on the pool, they don't work. You know, so why don't we buy a liquid option? And I'm like, welcome to natural chemistry, liquid solar cover. I'm doing do it to, for. Do you have to pour it back in every time you jump in? No, no, it comes back in. We use surfactant technology. So you jump in and then it kind of reforms, you know. It's, can you see it? Nope invisible colorless odorless can't taste it mm. sips on top i put it through the test get you mm. a, get you a sample who sent that to me recently skepticism that you or mike you send that to me mike yeah 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 very interesting yeah get on your microphone mike. <laughs> <laughs> yes i did <laughs> yes that was me that sent that yeah yeah i have to uh, check that out is there any youtube so, videos on it sure <laughs> <laughs> or even like sales, you know they what? could be like you know sales what? videos. I actually, there is a there is a piece of marketing out there. I'll find it for you and I'll show it to you. And I, when they told me how they did this, I was like, like amazed because I'm like, why do you do this type of stuff? Florida State University, okay, they uh, heat the heated pool right because like Division One, it gets still gets cold you know in Florida in the mornings and stuff like that. So the steam just rising on top. You ever seen one of those uh, those like mobile aerators? They use like the big, yeah, yeah. They use them at Tucson. Yeah, they have them down at uh, uh, ASU's uh, Sun Devil Fitness Complex as well. You know, it's like a big, it's like a pump and a big sprayer, and they just like put it into a, a, shuck, a suction side, and then just sprays water, and then you can move it. Anywho, to cool off the pool. Yeah, to cool off the pool. Hmm. So um, they were basically in this in the in the winter time, steam's rising up. They take the uh, solar, the liquid solar cover. They put it, they put on the aerator and they kind of cascade it over the pool. And you just watch this pool from one end to the other. The steam just goes away. And it's just now like, it's just like, oh my God, where'd the steam go? You know? And it's like, yeah, there it is. That's there. There's that steam. That's dollar signs. That's energy leaving the pool. And you need to be adding in a liquid solar cover. That's going to help keep that pool heated. The, the easy sell on that in a commercial application is like, how much is your gas bill? consistently heating that thing over that's not covered because your your swimmers are actively swimming in it so we we put on this liquid solar cover and now when everybody's done swimming um it reforms and you don't lose any energy i'm really because i keep kept my spa spool hot every morning i would look out there and see steam Mm -hmm. and uh we sold it to a spa company um and they used it and didn't tell anybody about it. The next morning they came in. They didn't even go over to the water. They just called a technician because they're like, heater's broke. What? Heater's broke. And because there's no steam, right? So heater comes it. out and it goes, water's piping hot. I don't know what's <laughs> going on, you know? It's not harmful to you? No. I got to check it out. Yeah. I got samples. Do you like? So as a rep, how do you add value in the sales process for pool companies? Oh, 
It's a great question. How do I add value? I, you know, charge extra for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the, we're on the human connection, right? On the human connection to, from to a product or a service to the end user, you know. And I try to be able to connect those dots in a way that, not only, again, like we talked about before, it shows them how it works, talks about different ways that they can implement in their business, maybe does a little bit more listening on, you know, what do you do in a day-to-day basis? What's one of your biggest pain points? How do you see, you know, how can you be more efficient? And what types of products do I have that can help you get to that level of efficiency, get to that level of success, or quite frankly, help you diversify? How can you diversify your company to, to for the other companies out there? What are you going to be able to provide? Um, what level of service or products can you add to your you know, arsenal here to help become, have you become the best pool company you can be, you know? And so, and it not only from a value add standpoint of, Hey, this is exciting. This is what's new. This is like the features and benefits of everything, but Hey, this went wrong and I need help. You know, that's how we add value as well. That's where you save a whole bunch of time. You know, people call me up and say, Hey, can you help me out with this? And I may not be able to help and I may have to punt to somebody else that can but at least by whenever i have to do that i always follow it up with like and if the next phone call doesn't go well you need to call me back you know same way if like a friend of mine calls me and says hey do you have a pool company that you can recommend you know and i'm like yeah you know call this guy this guy this guy or whatever but i also say if it's a bad experience let me know you know because i want to make sure that like who I'm sending you to is, is someone that I should keep continuously sending them to. So same way with one of my manufacturers, you know, if like you call this person, they're great. They're in tech support. They're actually at the office that can help, um, with a warranty issue or something like that. Call them. If you don't have success, give me a call back. And if it is something where I can come out to the job site and help you like troubleshoot, let's do it. You know, the other thing that I do a lot on a regular basis, especially is if you come on board as like a new natural chemistry dealer, I leveraged my experience from 2017 to 2021 where I was legitimately a member of the education uh, department at Natural Chemistry. And I come in and I train your techs. So for a retail application, like if you come in and you want to start stocking Natural Chemistry products, um, you're going to have seasonal help. You're going to hire a couple of high school kids, you know, for summertime hours. You don't want to spend all that time educating them about what phosphate removers you know, I could talk to you about the natural chemistry phosphory and the pool first aid and all the different, uh, you know, products that we manufacture. Call me up. You know, we'll go through and I'll educate you and everybody leaves with my business card and we'll, we'll talk about all the different ways that we, you can be successful. And it helps you as the business owner not worry so much about having to do this training. You already have to show them how the cash machine works, how to punch the time clock, how to check orders in, you know, how does this work, that work, you know, specific to the business. When it comes to the products, lean on your reps. You know, give me a call. Cool. I like that. So, AJ, a few questions I like to ask every guest okay. at the end. I'm going to fire some off here at you. Okay. So, being in the pool industry, we all get to see a lot of crazy stuff. Fun, yeah. Fun to see um, what some of these answers are. So, what's your favorite pool to hang out or that you've been to? Ooh, that is a good question. The one that comes to mind is one that uh venetian did um matt coil it's uh i think the ross job oh, yeah. the one that's the black pool 
Sure. Um, did you plumb that? No, we did the gas on that project. Okay. We weren't doing this plumbing this. So I helped with the fire feature. Nice. I would the Outdoor Plus was uh would came on board in that and I was able to jump into the the pool shot, you know, and I was able to jump down in there with the tape measure and like get the measurements and go back and like work with Matt and like go back and forth on that. And it was a process for sure because of the way that he designed that vessel. And then when they fired that bad boy up, I was like, Oh I, I was like being able to like tell my wife, like, I helped design that. Like <laughs> I, I like, and like, this is the message of Venetian. I didn't do any of the actual work. Like that was all, <laughs> I took a couple of measurements and wrote some emails. Like that was the extent of it. They did all the design labor application, but they, I mean, they won a serious awards for that pool. That's and a cool pool. Even from the outdoor plus, you know, they, they got their, that was the fire feature of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that one? Uh, I don't know. Maybe if I saw it, I might. Yeah, it's uh, it was on the cover of of some publication recently. Bull Spot News. Bull Spot News. Yeah, yeah. it's all black and it looks like the water feature kind of floats out in the pool. It's oh, nice. slick. Yeah, you have to check it out. Where's it at? You said PV Paradise Valley, oh, okay. North Side yeah. of Camelback. Yeah. Nice. What about most out- outrageous pool you've seen? Uh, probably the design that's going on right now with uh, Red Rock. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's pretty outrageous. Yeah, I'm excited to see that have, one come have you to fruition. On, have you been on site to that one? No, you got to get me out there. Okay. I've seen the, I've seen the plans. Yeah, uh, Rick showed me the when I was in there talking to him about Clear Comfort and Camera Eye. Yeah, I didn't even talk about Camera Eye a whole lot, man. See, I repped, I repped so many products, man. We got to, <laughs> we'll talk, we'll have to do a safety episode where we'll talk, we'll bring in that when I reach out to my manufacturers, we'll do a specific episode where we can talk about the safety element and uh, drownings and how Camera Eye, the artificial intelligence camera system that has the ability to sense and detect drowning and fire off an alarm. Oh yeah, yeah plug we'll definitely get we'll <laughs> definitely get these those guys on but anyways yeah that we were talking about that system and he was like hey you want to see a cool project i'm like always yeah and he's like i'm like oh my gosh we're gonna have to make that that can't be anybody's answer from here on out because that's i think that's gonna be Too outrageous it's everybody's answer is gonna be that it's actually i don't even know if you know but it's hanging behind you oh yeah i, I noticed yeah oh, nice for sure. <laughs> maybe okay. people are gonna say if it's hanging behind you yeah <laughs> They don't look, right, on don't this look wall. this one yeah <laughs> can't right. be a pool that's in this room how about a book you recommend i'm a big red hot chili peppers fan okay right so have you read scar tissue no it's the autobiography of anthony kiedis who's the lead singer sure and that book is fantastic hmm. yeah i've heard it's pretty hardcore yeah it's hardcore for sure it definitely triggers serious like I read it. I think I just finished it like a couple months ago, and uh, definitely some chapters where I had to put it down. So I was like, "Shit, this is like getting too real." Like this is, you know, it's Andy. like, like give it's, me an it's example, heavy. like what, like just copious amounts of cocaine and heroin use, oh, and okay. just like also a ton of stories about relapse. Yeah. So like when you're like, "Yo, I'm been sober," and he talks about program, and he talks about you know joining a you know so sober movement, and then all of a sudden he's he's not. Damn back out and like learning because that band has had such a evolution like i said it's such a rich history like the members have changed and it's evolved and you know john frusciante left and and then came back and then left again and then came back and um that just in the in 2016 they came out with that album um the getaway and uh josh klinghoffer i think probably, I don't know if I'm butchering his name, but he was the guitarist on that album. And I thought it was fantastic, but I still felt like 
when John uh, Frusciante was the was the guitarist and they came out with like Stadium Arcadium, that was still like my favorite album. So then knowing about how I love both of those albums that they put out and then reading the story in between, like how, I mean, the, the book basically stops at Californication, so it doesn't really go into the process of those, but it makes sense because John left and came back and it, it was just kind of a, it was a really interesting book and it really made me think hard about like sobriety and it also put into like actual it was like a true story about the risks of like relapsing because like there's times where i think about like well maybe i can go out and have a couple beers you know you know or for i'm pouring a glass of wine for my wife and you you know you have that thought like me and i just like nope like Ooh. you know the thought the, the thought flickers in your mind for a second and there's no like, let real, it in. There's no real temptation, but like it's wonderful reading a story that's so real and raw, where you're just like, yeah, no, that that life's over. I like thinking about it. I definitely don't shy away a good long talk. And for anybody out there, honestly, that is that knows me, but maybe doesn't know me, know me, or has a situation where they want to like talk just about anything involving sobriety, you can call me anytime. Awesome. I've had I've had pool guys call me and, and chat and just seen some 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 really solid success stories because i'm very vocal about it i post on social media people hit me up on facebook all the time and it's just like some people are quiet about sobriety i think it's something that should be celebrated yeah you know awesome you do it all aj yeah do it all i try yeah <laughs> well, anyway thank you so much for thank you being on the show today this has been a, a a really fun time yeah i hope it's not my last time hopefully i, I check the box and get some popular uh we get some women my manufacturers back on board we'll get some get some good stuff going Let's do it. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can find everything discussed in this episode and more in our show notes below or poolchasers2.0.com. This episode was produced by the amazing Kyle Ald. I'm Greg Viafania, and you've been listening to the Pool Chasers podcast.